I'm Megan Hale, and you're listening to The Enoughness Revolution, a feel-good podcast on creating joy in life, work, and love. Join me every Monday and Thursday for practical tools that speak to the soul to create a life you love. It's Transformational Thursday, sisters, and I am so excited to introduce you to my next guest. She first reached out to me on Twitter, actually, and we got in touch. We had a really great conversation before we recorded this interview, and we really touched base on some things that are just really near and dear to my heart, especially when it comes to just emotional well-being and finding more joy in your life. So today, I'm speaking to the lovely Shira Gura, who is the creator of the Unstuck Method, which is a simple and easy to remember self-help technique that you can practice anytime and anywhere so you can stop being hijacked by your emotions and take better care of yourself and your relationships. As a speaker, life coach, and author of an Amazon number one new bestseller, Getting Unstuck, Five Simple Steps to Emotional Well-Being, she helps women notice how their stuck places can block them from making their lives and relationships as rich and rewarding as they can be. And she uses the stuck method to help them get unstuck. And we're going to be talking all about those five steps today. It's a really fabulous conversation. I'm so excited to share it with you. So without further ado, here is the lovely Shira. Welcome back to the Enoughness Revolution, everybody. I am so excited to have my guest, Shira, here with me today. Shira is the author of Getting Unstuck, Five Simple Steps to Emotional Well-Being. And when we first connected, we really joined on the premise of Viktor Frankl's work. We talked about man's search for meaning and how that had both just really impacted both of us really deeply. So I'm so excited to have you on, Shira. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. So where I'd like to start is, you know, on the podcast, we talk a lot about joy and how we create this. And I would like to hear from your perspective, like what are some of the things that really interfere with us experiencing joy? Absolutely. So in the work that I do, what interferes with experiencing joy is basically ourselves. <laughs> yes. It's really what it comes down to. Uh-huh. So what happens is we are going about our everyday life. Um, everything is fine. And then something happens. Someone says something. We hear something. We react to something. And it's us. It's actually us that's interfering with the joy or the blessings, or the beauty, or whatever is that is in front of us that we can't really see or appreciate, Mm. there's something that we're getting stuck on. Mm. So that's, that's what's interfering. It's the, it's us, and it's us not being aware of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Or if we are aware of it, it's us not necessarily doing something to get ourselves out of the way. Yeah. Now, what led you to your body of work? So I started to blog about four years ago, and the purpose of the blog was to create a a personal journal um, about situations where I felt like I was getting stuck in my life. Mm -hmm. The um, 
I was already an occupational therapist and a yoga teacher and teaching mindfulness meditation. Um, I had no intention of writing a book. I had no intention of starting a business or becoming a coach. My main purpose of creating this blog was really as a personal journal. And I just started writing weekly about situations where I felt like I was getting stuck and where I could look and reflect on those situations from a mindfulness perspective. Mm-hmm. And that's how this whole thing kind of started because people from around the world started to subscribe to my blog without any effort on my part because people were identifying with my stories and my mm-hmm. approach to, to getting unstuck. Yeah, I love that. Now, I want to hear more detail on what it means to be stuck from your perspective. So, as I was mentioning before, you can be going about your everyday life, you're in your home, you're with your kids, you're with your spouse, you're at work, everything's fine, and then something happens, you get triggered. Mm. That trigger is usually a familiar trigger, and it's usually a person, although you can certainly trigger yourself, Mm -hmm. but it's usually someone, and it's usually something that's reoccurring. And what happens is you react to that trigger. So an emotion arises and a thought arises at the same time Mm -hmm. and they play off of one another. Mm -hmm. So the more you think about that situation that you got triggered from, the more emotional you get. And the more emotional you get, the more you think about the situation. And all of the sudden, there is a story that enters your mind that wasn't there a few moments before. Mm. And this story can be big, like a three-act play, where you are the director and you know all of the players and you know who did what and who's to blame and who should be defensive and because this is your story and it's all from your perspective. Mm-hmm. And when you're in that story so deep, that you can't see any other way of being or behaving, then that's what I call being stuck. When basically reality is blinded and you're hijacked by your emotions. That's a powerful word, hijacked. Mm -hmm. I really feel like that's what happens. Like we get hijacked by our emotions. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that too. It's like, like when I think of being stuck, I think of like either being in quicksand or kind of being on this hamster wheel where I'm just, I'm spinning my wheels, but I'm not really getting anywhere. And it's like the same thoughts, the same emotion, the same story just coming up over and over and over again. And it's not until I can shift some of those things that I can hop off that hamster wheel and really start making shifts in my life. Right? Yes. Absolutely. And because of that, so I created this method to get unstuck. The first step of the method is to stop because exactly what you're saying, what we're not doing is pausing. We're, mm-hmm. we're constantly thinking. We're constantly staying in the story, which actually gets us deeper into that stuck place as opposed yeah. to getting out of it intuitively it doesn't make sense to stop intuitively it makes sense to keep going to keep thinking about it because we think we're going to get out if we keep we can we can figure it out right 
right. If we keep yelling, right, or if we keep blaming, or if we keep feeling whatever, we're going to get out of it. But it's the complete opposite. Mm -hmm. It's when we take a moment to pause and stop from, um, from kind of like stepping out of the story for a few minutes and turning inwards. That's actually the first step to getting unstuck. I love that. I think, you know, one of the things that's coming up for me as we're talking is like, there's this, there's these two processes that I think both create forward movement, but they do it in much different ways. One of them is forcing something to happen where we can just dig, 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 dig at something until we hit <laughs> or get to the other side, or we can practice this other path, which is kind of surrender and allowing. And that create that asks us to slow down while forcing often asks us to speed up. And I have often found, which I have a feeling that you're going to be like, yep, me too, that when we surrender and allow, this creates more space for ourselves. And there's just more room to breathe. It doesn't feel as heavy and new perspective starts to come in. Absolutely. I think it's the only way. Yeah. It's, I think, um, when you think of trees in a forest and you wonder how it is that they grow, it's not from a place of stress. It's not from a place of someone's making them grow. They're just, they're growing from a natural place, from a very mm -hmm. gentle and um, peaceful and tranquil place. It's not coming from a place of stress. So absolutely what you're saying. And in fact, that's the second step of the method is what you were saying is to allow. Oh. That's the second step is to allow your emotions, to acknowledge them, to recognize them, to allow them to be as opposed to what we typically do is push them away thinking if we push them away, then we'll get far from them. But actually... <laughs> The opposite happens when we push them away. They end up coming out of us in other ways. Typically, that's in physical ways in terms of stress somewhere in our bodies. Yeah, I agree. Uh, when we don't like really allow emotion, it's kind of like I imagine a dam and then the water starts spilling over around the dam because emotions are energy. They have to have somewhere to go. I'm curious for you because this is something I've experienced in my own life. Um, when we talk about allowing emotions and really feeling them, what does that mean to you and how do you get there? Because for me, I've spent a lot of my life thinking about my emotions, but thinking and feeling them are two different things. Yes. So, so what I write about in the book actually is that our, our minds and our bodies are intimately connected so that when we are holding an emotion in our mind, we're also holding it somewhere in our body. Mm -hmm. it's just, that's just a fact. It's like it's not um, anything less than factual. That's what happens when, uh, when you have that energy in your mind. Your body is reacting to what's going on in your mind. So what I like to do when I'm really stuck and I'm really holding on to a strong emotion, I like to roll out my yoga mat mm -hmm. and I like to lay on my back and do a body scan mm -hmm. where I just imagine or I notice my toes, I notice my feet, and I work my way all the way up through my, the core of my body, through my arms, my shoulders, the back of my neck, my face, my scalp. And I see, I just notice where I may be grasping or holding on physically in my body mm -hmm. and where I might be able to just let go. Because when you're, of course, when you're laying down on a, a yoga mat, there's really no need to hold 
any of your muscles. You can just totally let go. Yeah. And if you're holding somewhere in your body, that's typically a sign that you might be holding your emotion in that place in your body. And of course, if you do this often enough, you might find a recurring place where you... <laughs> yes, hold, certain emotions right? like to hang out. <laughs> Yes, all of us. There are certain people that hold their emotions in their lower back, and there are mm -hmm. certain people that hold it in their shoulders, or in the muscles between their eyebrows, or their jaws, or the back of their necks, or their shoulders. All of us hold our emotions typically in one place, if not more. Mm -hmm. The stomach, that's a big one. Mine, that's mine for sure. Mm -hmm. I love that. So when you are able to you know, find this place in your body, how, what are some of the processes you use to kind of let that move through? For me, it's just awareness. Mm -hmm. It's just noticing, noticing where it is in my body, noticing how it feels, noticing maybe if there's a color that's associated with that feeling in that particular part of the body. Does it feel hot? Does it feel heavy? Does it feel pulsing? Just, just, uh, just a matter of noticing it mm -hmm. and that's it just like just like you're meeting a friend for the first time and you're you're curious I mean that's all it is it's just it's just a simple noticing non-judgment awareness yeah so so we've stopped at this point we've gotten ourselves out of this quicksand or the struggle and we're starting to move into this place of allowing allowing emotion what comes next so at that point we go to the next step, the third step, which is uncover. Mm. So by the way, this is an acronym. So we're on, we did S and we did T, and now we're on U for uncover. And this is where we basically access our thoughts. Mm. And we go back to the moment we were triggered, and we come up with a list of all of the things that we were thinking in that moment. Yes. And we start off those thoughts by saying, I believe such as, you know, I believe this person should have acknowledged me when I did the dishes last night, right? for example, whatever. I believe whatever. And so when you say the word I believe, you're, you're offering yourself the possibility that maybe this sentence is a belief and it's not necessarily a fact. Yeah. And after every time you say a belief, you ask yourself, is that 100% accurate? Mm -hmm. Is that really 100% true? Mm -hmm. And why do we do this? Because most of the beliefs that we have in our minds, most of the thoughts that arise in our minds are not 100% true. In fact, most of them aren't. They're limiting thoughts. And yet we live our lives believing everything that we think. So this step really gives us an opportunity to reflect on what are we thinking and investigate are our thoughts really true yeah so you know it's interesting because as you're talking i'm thinking about like what do i do when i'm stuck and one of the first things that happens like when i notice i'm being triggered especially like an emotion is coming up and i'm like whoa where, where did this come from my first question is when did i start feeling this way what happens to create this feeling? And oftentimes I'll go to like a triggering event, but then I'll say, okay, but is that the whole story? And usually it'll be something that happened a few days before, or there's, you know, some other sequence of events that led up to this moment. And so the thing that actually triggered me 
that was just the thing that was like most in my awareness. There were a lot of other things that kind of led up to that moment. And so it allows me to kind of, I guess, detach a little bit from this trigger. And so it's not as emotionally reactive for me. Yes. And that makes it a lot easier for those emotions to kind of move through. I've noticed Absolutely. that my, my personal perspective. Absolutely. So when we uncover our thoughts and feelings, and I love that we're questioning these beliefs of really saying, is this, is this true? Is this 100% true? And usually the answer is like, no, not all the way true. Maybe there's some truth. <laughs> maybe. <Right. laughs> right. uh, but maybe there are some untruths that we really need to dive into that are creating a story for us. And the yes. story is what we're, the story is, is the meaning that we're giving something, right? Yes. And so after we uncover these thoughts and beliefs, then what do we do? So at that point, if you can find one belief that's not 100% accurate, that is a huge opportunity for you. Because the story that you were holding on to before that was so solid and you were so right and you were 100% validating it, if all of a sudden you're noticing, well, it's not 100% true because this part of it wasn't true then that offers you an opportunity to basically broaden your perspective and see if you can take on a new consideration that's this this c step is called consider mm -hmm. and basically what we were talking about victor frankel um, and so he has this quote where he says there is between every stimulus and response there is a space and in that space is our, um, is our, oh gosh, I can't believe I'm, oh. <laughs> It'll come to you. Between every stimulus and response, there is a space. And in that space is our power to choose our response. Mm. And in that response lies our freedom and our growth. So this step, this C step, is basically your power, the power that you have to choose how you're going to respond. And the way you can do that with this C-step is you can make up a whole lot of considerations. You don't have to marry all of them, but you basically want to broaden your perspective as much as you can to come up with a whole list of things that you can possibly consider and take on so that you can get unstuck from the story. Yeah. So you would say, you know, I can consider... Um, you know, that person was having a bad day and it has nothing to do with me. Yeah. Or I can consider, um, you know, that person was in his own story and he didn't even know that I was looking for acknowledgement. Or, you know, I can consider and you make a whole list of considerations until you're basically willing to say, I'm going to take this one on. I'm really going to take it on so that yeah. I can get unstuck from, from the situation. Yes, I love this. I love this. So for everyone that's listening, I'm going to include a diagram below in the show notes and most definitely go and check that out because what Shira is really talking about is something that I teach a lot of my clients and I refer to it as kind of more emotional control, whereas you refer to it as emotional well-being. Um, either way, we're trying to get to this desired outcome where we feel good. And what I call this space that Viktor Frankl refers to as the window of opportunity. And it happens between an emotional reaction and an emotional response. So when something happens in our lives that triggers us, we're going to have this gut immediate 
reaction, right? Now, most of us, when we are not yet awakened to the power that we hold within, we are going to choose what we're going to do or how we're going to react based on this emotional reaction. But when we realize that there's this window of opportunity, this space where we can actually choose to do something different, we can ask ourselves, is this how I want to respond? A response is a choice. The reaction is that gut instinct. And we can choose if we want to really create an emotional response, which is going to ask us to ask a few more furthering questions, gathering a little bit more information, changing our perspective, really ground down and give ourselves some time to really consider um, if, if this is the way that we want to react, first of all, and if we're reacting based on the truth. So all of these steps that Shira is laying out are so incredibly powerful in helping us choose an emotional response that is really in line with our values, um, in line with our own boundaries that really honor who we are and how we want to react and inner respond, I think, with the world around us. And so if you find yourself like, like this works extremely well for anger, it works really well for anxiety if you're anxiety prone like I am because anxiety, the kind of beliefs that we start to generate are usually catastrophic. We kind of go to the deep end and we're like, oh my gosh, because this thing happens now the world is falling apart. I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to lose my partner. It'll spin us out into what if land. So instead of choosing that emotional reaction, which is based on faulty beliefs and a faulty story, faulty patterns, we're going to create this space for ourselves and we're really going to choose something different. That's what helps us create this emotional response. And the way that we respond totally sets up the consequences that follow our, our response to that. Um, that could completely change the outcome of a conversation that you have with somebody because your tone might be different. The words that you say might be different. The way you approach it might be completely different. So this is a really, really big piece to creating emotional well-being. So I just want to highlight that for everybody as Shira is talking about this step because this is a very critical one. Um, Shira, do you have any follow-up thoughts on that before we move on to your next step? I I just want to mention that so the subtitle of my book is Five Simple Steps to Emotional Well-Being. And the truth of the matter is all of these steps are simple. They're right. not complicated. You don't need to be a genius to do any of this work. Right. That being said, it does require practice because mm-hmm. it doesn't come naturally. Getting yeah. unstuck and stopping and acknowledging your emotions and going through all of these steps is not natural. And most of us didn't grow up either learning a method or a technique to get right. unstuck or, mm-hmm. or we didn't, if we did, we maybe didn't, we didn't do it often or we didn't practice it. So it's not something that's a part of our lifestyle, yeah. um, especially in the 21st century where we are running so fast and yes. we are um, instant gratification with everything, with emails yeah. and text messages. We're just moving at such a quick speed that the automaticity, if that's the word, being automatic, like this reaction um, Mm -hmm. or being reactive is so natural. We're just all doing that. We're just all living that way in this fast-paced world. So I think it's just important to know um, that, that one, it, it takes practice and you can practice, you can implement this so many times during the day. 
Yes. You can do this while you're waiting online at the supermarket. You can do this while you're parenting. You can do this with your, uh, in a conversation with your spouse. You can do this with your neighbors. Yes. You can do this with your boss at work. You can, this is like a conversation with your in-laws. This is yes. something you can do all of the time. There's so many, there's endless opportunities every single day to practice. So that's important um, to remember. And the more you practice, the more you're going to find yourself if you choose this, you know, use this method, you'll, at least for me, I find myself falling back on it and using it quite often because yeah. I'm aware that I'm trying to bring it into my life. All of a sudden, I just, I find myself considering um, even before I realize that I'm even doing the stuck method. Well, I think that's the cool thing. And I, I want to highlight this for all of our listeners too, that, so this, there's two things. One, with continued practice with this method, um, in this process, I really do believe that your initial emotional reaction can be so much closer to considering. You can go straight from being triggered to considering, and you can almost bypass that emotional reaction from time to time. And so what happens is that you start to decrease the uh, level of drama that's happening in your life because instead of going to that worst case scenario, you tend to go to the consideration step first. So first foremost, I wanted to say that. But the second thing that I want to make very clear is that when you're starting to practice this and implement, what you're doing is you're creating a different way of being in the world and responding to what's happening in your life. And so this space that Viktor Frankl's talking about and the window of opportunity, the way that I talk about it, sometimes it can take maybe a week to go from an emotional reaction to really choosing the best emotional response for yourself. Sometimes that window is going to be pretty big when we're first starting out. And over time and with practice, that window is going to get closer and closer and smaller so that you can go from emotional reaction to emotional response a lot quicker. And sometimes you can just say, hey, I just need a few minutes to think on that. And you can process all of this very quickly. But... I will say too, sometimes even when you are well-versed in this and you have practiced this a million times, when you have a really big event happen in your life, we still might need a whole lot of space to really feel into something, to process a lot of things before we can arrive to a response that we feel really good about. And so this is all okay. And it kind of reminds me of Brene Brown's work, um, how when somebody asks something of her, she's, she like spins this ring on her finger three times before she responds. It's okay to take some time for yourself. You do not owe anybody a response right away. That was beautiful. <laughs> and it's kind of nice, and I segue to the next step, because the next step is okay. Oh, I love it. okay sometimes. <laughs> so we'll go to the next step. So the, the last step, um, which is K, represents okay. And actually, the C step, when you consider something new and you take that on, actually, you're done. Like, you're unstuck, right? You chose something. You, you, you took your power um, to choose a different response. You, that's it. You're really unstuck. But what can happen when you get stuck is that you might feel... Um, ashamed or guilty or embarrassed for having gotten stuck in the first place mm. because when we get stuck especially if you're with somebody else it's typically not a very pretty picture mm. 
Mm. Right? So you were, you were mentioning getting stuck on anger or someone getting stuck on anxiety. Mm-hmm. And if you can imagine a person who's stuck on anger or imagine a person who's stuck on being anxious in that moment and you can really see that person, it's not a very pretty picture. Okay. And if that person gets unstuck, that person might still think, oh, I can't believe I got stuck again on anger so or I got stuck again on, on anxiety. And so this step really helps us close the practice by reminding ourselves that it's okay, that we can bring a sense of self-compassion and forgiveness to ourselves that we got stuck in the first place and remind ourselves that it might happen again tomorrow. And if it does, it's okay. And like you said, even those of us who are well-versed in this, even those of us who wrote a book on the topic (laughs) still get stuck sometimes. And it's okay. It's okay. It's part of human living. And if we don't remind ourselves of that, then we're just going to get stuck on feeling those other feelings like guilt and shame and resentment and anger towards ourselves, which of course is the opposite of what we want to do. Okay. So this has got to be my favorite step because it's so important because I think oftentimes we think that we're supposed to be above something or things are not supposed to bother us or trigger us when we've done enough work or even we haven't done enough work. We feel bad about ourselves that we're getting so upset about something and that's only creating more self judgment, right? And then we're getting stuck in that. So not only were we stuck in this situation first, now we're stuck in our own self judgment. We need to get unstuck from that. Right. So, you know, the one thing that I will say about this is that, you know, we all have triggers and we all have stories. And if the whole goal of your personal development work or your self-discovery journey is to rid yourself of triggers and all of your stories, I think that you're setting yourself up for work that you're not, that's never going to gratify you because as humans, we cannot predict all of the triggers that, are, that we have or that we hold or all the stories that we've made up through our whole lives because a lot of these things are not in our awareness all the time. It can take years or decades um, before something to resurface. And so giving yourself the permission to be human and to know that you're going to have emotional um, reactions to things, to be triggered, for your feelings to get hurt. I mean, my goodness, like we live in a very, you know, interesting world. (laughs) I'll just frame it that way, where, you know, we are in relation with people all the time. We're in relationships with others and life situations. And anytime that we're dealing with other humans, especially like we're all going to make mistakes. And so people might say things that they don't mean. They might say things in a way that they don't necessarily intend. So I think we have to be aware that we're going to have these, these reactions to things. We're going to be triggered. And it's, it's okay. It just means that you're human. Nothing's wrong with you. Nothing's wrong. Absolutely. And when I, when I work with people one-on-one and we go through this method and they get unstuck, it's not really the end. I mean, it's, it's the end of that situation and they got unstuck and they feel better and that's good, but it's not really the end. The end really comes when you can really embrace this this whole this whole way of being in other words we spoke about triggers being uh, familiar Mm -hmm. so if the person can recognize begin to recognize 
the obstacles that occur in his life, her life, and instead of seeing them as obstacles, we can see them as opportunities mm. for growth and for practice. That's really where this whole thing comes to life. So it's not just about preventing an eruption, preventing another eruption, preventing you know an outburst. Prevent. It's not just about preventing all of the time, but it's about, wait a minute, how can I look at my life and instead of seeing this thing where I know he's going to trigger me again, I know it's, he's going to do it again, I know I've got I've to you know, avoid that or avoid that um, eruption from happening, how can I see that as an opportunity for me to practice? In other words, what can I learn from that stuck situation? What can I learn? What, is it, what does it mean about me? What's the purpose of that situation, that trigger in my life? Yeah. What can I learn from it? Why is it here in my life? There's got to be a reason. And yeah. so it, it takes like one step beyond. Yeah, it kind of reminds me, and this has just shown up in my own life, that you know, a lesson will keep on showing up in your life until you learn what it's here to teach you. And so yes. if you consistently get stuck in the same thing over and over again, <laughs> yes. eventually you're going to get tired of being in this cycle of being like, how am I here again, where you'll eventually, I think, make a shift to help, you know, not necessarily eliminate completely, but at least decrease sizably this pattern. Because when we get tired of doing something, it's like, why do I keep doing the exact same thing, expecting a different result? So I think the unstuck method not only helps you in the moment, but I also think it helps you like, to create a different future for yourself too. Absolutely. I love that. So Shira, I'm curious, you know, I always like to wrap up this, my episodes with joy. And I know that emotional well-being has got to be one of your top tips for creating more joy in life, work and love. For those who are really wanting to experience more joy, what other tips would you offer them? besides you're saying so besides working with this method yeah yeah I mean I think besides that this is a huge one to creating more joy yeah so um, I think when we are stuck um, of course we're talking about the cognitive side of it right mm -hmm. but actually I think it creates an energetic blockage in our body when we get stuck mm -hmm. and I think anything that can help you create flow mm. in your body will bring a sense of joy whether that's taking a yoga class or a tai chi or breathing exercises or meditation um, singing listening to music prayer going for a walk anything that can help release that energy blockage and create more flow I think will help you help anybody um, bring a sense of joy in that moment but of course joy is something in the moment right joy is not something um, for me at least it's not something that um, that I'm trying to achieve in the future it's something that I'm right now in this moment yes. I'm looking to, to um, access so for me any of those things can help you to just kind of wake up to this moment. So yeah. accessing basically um, 
the present moment yeah. that's where the joy is it's 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 seeing what's really in front of us and kind of stepping out of our stories mm-hmm. i love that those three things go together so beautifully so getting unstuck to create emotional well-being there's also this movement component of really moving those stuck inner those stuck emotions and energy through the body and then accessing the present moment because that is where joy lives love it Love it, love it. Shira, thank you so much for being such a beautiful guest on the podcast. I'm going to refer everybody to your website. Is there any other place where you would like them to connect with you? I know you and I connected on Twitter, so. Right. I'm not a big Twitter person, actually. I have a Facebook, and the Facebook group is called Getting Unstuck, so they can find me there, too. Um, Yeah, and if they would like to have a conversation with me, they can go to my website and then the backslash conversation, and we can set up a time to chat. Lovely, and I will also reference uh, Shira's book in the show notes, so definitely make sure to check that out, and we will see you again soon for another Transformational Thursday. 